Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, bench development in a downturn. You know, maybe we can't hire anybody when the economy is soft. There are lots of people looking. And maybe we can offer to help and thereby create or strengthen a relationship that might be of value later. Here we go. It's uh, unfortunate, but when the economy softens, a lot of managers tend to turn inward, right? We, we focus on our budgets, our forecast, our bosses, and of course, hopefully, hopefully our teams. It's normal. We understand. But normal is average, and right. average is what everybody else is doing, and we don't want to be average, particularly in a down market. Why would we want to copy everyone else if they're not winning, <laughs> right? Yeah. A way to think about it is is um, when things are going well or even very well, there are all kinds of growth projects, all kinds of work, which serves to develop new revenue streams for the firm, new products, new services, new customers. When things are going up, there's extra money. And executive leadership generally believes that in an expanding economy, it's time to expand market share. So there's more to do. But in a downturn, there's less to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of cases, the new products and services, they're not being created. You know, sometimes, but but usually not. Right. Um, and that means the time we would all have, you know, been spending on those projects is no longer being asked for. And then rather than simply allowing Parkinson's law to swallow up our windfall, we ought to use that free time effectively. Yeah, which... Uh, something that is absolutely something nobody else is thinking about is building our bench, our bench of talent, when no one else is thinking about it. That I mean, no one is thinking about that during this time frame. Right, and then that's then and that's certainly an example of of not turning completely inward, but doing something to continue to build your bench. For example, continuing to use that one lunch a week relationship building thing we've talked about in uh, right. I think yeah. building your network cast. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And and that's part of bench building. Right. So we've got a simple plan. We've got something uh, a specific recommendation to build uh, to ben- develop your bench if you will in a downturn. Uh, and we have four steps we want to recommend in today's cast. The first one is surprisingly may sound morbid but it's really not pay attention to layoff and plant closing announcements. Yeah, pay pay more attention to to bad news. Great, thanks. That's yeah, real morale booster. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, un- unfortunately, uh, in a downturn, there's more bad news, and we if we don't want to pay attention to bad news, we won't be reading the paper. So, we pay attention to layoff and plant closing announcements. Two is we recommend you you send out that career crisis email we've talked about before. Number three, you offer to help and follow up with people. And then number four, you stay in touch because staying in touch is how you build your bench of potential future talent. Pretty simple. Good. Okay. So let's talk about the first, which, yeah, my favorite, right? Let's, let's pay attention to bad news. Let's pay attention to layoffs and closing announcements. Why, why would we possibly want to do that? Yeah. I remember a story about Alan Greenspan being uh, during the uh, period of time when the Republican Congress in America was fighting with President Clinton, and um, they didn't want to give President Clinton the money he needed to to run the government. And um, the government was going to be shut down. 
And Alan Greenspan made a call and said, you know, there's somebody over at Treasury that really gives me very interesting data that I really, really need. I wonder if we can keep her on the payroll. And, of course, they found a way to do that. Uh, that just shows you that, that you know, sometimes paying attention to data and not having the same response everybody else does to it is, is, is a good thing. I always keep a little tally on my desk about layoffs. It usually just lists the company. It's just a scratch piece of paper, but it lists the company, the number of layoffs, and the, the number of people laid off, in other words, uh, the percent of the workforce is being laid off, and the industry the company is said to operate in. It may actually be on two or three pieces of paper, paper clipped together or something like that. And it's not that I'm morbidly curious, as I mentioned. It's just an early warning system. Unfortunately, I'd love to have the same tally sheet for hiring, but hiring isn't done in big, fat groups. And there's probably a lesson there, by the way, in terms of how companies handle people. Anyway, I, I keep this list. It's not terribly scientific, but the act of keeping it, of me actually paying attention and having to write down what I read, makes me quite sensitive to those layoff announcements. For those of you who are interested, there's a part of our brains, the, the reticular activating system, that pays attention to the world around us. If you tell your brain to look for layoff stuff, it will see a lot more than it used to. You'll become a lot more attuned to it. And for me, because of this attunement to, to layoffs, I've learned that I've started seeing layoffs differently than I did years ago. It's not just that I see more layoff announcements than I used to because I'm looking for them, catching more headlines, so to speak. I also see them in a qualitatively different way. Rather than simply focusing on the number and the percentage and what that says about the company's management, which of course is always bad, layoffs are a sign that management made a mistake, one or the other, rather than it's what it says about the company or the industry or the economy, I tend to see layoffs as people. And that layoff, those people's effect on the talent market in terms of supply and demand. Again, I, I don't want people to think this is morbid. Why wouldn't, think of it this way, why wouldn't everybody, particularly the people who are getting laid off, why wouldn't everybody want someone paying attention at layoff, paying attention to layoffs and asking themselves, we recommend three questions, and they are these. Does my company have hiring needs, even potential hiring needs, in that geographic area? The second question is, could, could my company benefit from hiring any of these folks, their skills, right away? And third, could I develop a relationship with a few of these people that are affected that might benefit them and me and my firm either now or later? And of course, the later part is the bench development part. I think a lot of us could do a lot worse than asking how we might be able to help folks that are in these situations, you know, particularly just after they've gotten a pink slip. I mean, that's, those aren't bad questions to be asking oneself. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, and yet when I tell people about this privately, they're like, oh gosh, I can't imagine doing that. I wouldn't want to get totally bummed out and so on. And yet, and yet I see it as a positive. I, I think I may have an opportunity for somebody. And even more importantly, I find that most people have sympathy, but don't do anything. And generally because they're thinking I'm in a downturn too, we probably don't have any needs. What we found is if we only see these people as being on the market at that time, we tend to make a very quick assessment and dismiss most of the laid off personnel because we can't hire them right then. 
But if you think about it as a bench development opportunity, if we think of them as being in need of help and being open to new relationships that might bear fruit for them, either now or sometime in the future, we suddenly begin to realize that while a month ago these people didn't know us, today they might be very interested in talking to us. And even if we can't hire them directly, we might know somebody who can. Or, let me say this, suppose I can hire them. Suppose our company would never, ever hire anybody like that, even if they considered a a career or, or industry change. Well, maybe we might be able to give them some encouragement as well. We strongly encourage folks to think differently about layoffs, see them as people in the talent market, and ask yourself, with this new supply and those people in need of help, could we, in fact, benefit and could they benefit from a relationship with us. Right. And, and this to me is the hidden gem in this podcast, really. Um, if we go back to our building your network podcast sometime back, I can't remember how long back it was, but it was a while back. Um, we talked about building your network. And one of the things is to go out, develop relationships with folks and figure out how you can give to them without any expectation of receiving on the back end of it. And a lot of folks, I get comments from a lot of folks as well. I don't know what I'd give. Well, folks, right now, you absolutely have a lot to give. And what people want under those circumstances when they've been laid off, they want relationships. All you have to give is yourself. So if there's a time that it's real easy to start building your network and you haven't focused on it before, now is the time to do it because all they want is you, relationship with you. Yep. Well said. You don't have to send an email offering to help every laid off person you read about. I mean, you can't, right? Because you don't know where to send the email to. And in big downturns, you do nothing but that. But seeing this differently, and to your point about giving of ourselves, totally changes the potential opportunities related to this. Let's go further, though. When it comes to layoffs, folks, they tend to happen disproportionately in a few locations. Generally, companies don't lay off people in every state or every major city uh, or equally across every geography that a company works in. They don't spread the pain around evenly. They don't think that way. The layoffs tend to be focused, and geography definitely matters. That means it would be helpful to know more people at your firm and where they are so that you can do them a favor when these kinds of opportunities present themselves. So that's the reason, the point we make there is that's the reason we start with our first question we ask ourselves when we start seeing layoff announcements is we start with a geographic question. If the location of a layoff is near you, then you ought to know at least one person at the firm, or you might know someone who knows someone at the firm. Maybe you know somebody at your firm who knows somebody there. Right. And going back to the building your network lesson there, if there is a layoff announced at a firm near you and you're in a major city and you don't know somebody in that company, uh, that's a pretty good hint that your network probably isn't as robust as it needs to be. Right. Either you're not volunteering enough outside of work and connecting with other people because of that, or you're not involved in any professional associations. Or perhaps you're blind to other people's professional backgrounds. I see that a lot. And connections that might happen in your personal life at church, at school, in hockey leagues, at cheerleading practices, whatever they might be. 
And this cuts both ways, right? I mean, if, if, Ooh, if, yeah. if, you know, you don't know anyone over there, like that other company or any other company in your geographic area, and a year or two from now, the axe falls on you and you want to stay where you are for your family, you know, you got kids in school and yep. community, et cetera. Man, you have a huge hole in your job search planning that's going to really hurt the speed and quality of your search. Yeah. People on your bench or in your network not only could be future hires for you, for us, they could be key players in our own job search at some point in our future. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. And by the way, one of the best places to get layoff information, um, we've, we've talked about this before in terms of professional development, is your local newspaper. And I know no, local newspapers are becoming less and less prevalent, and that may mean uh, a national business paper, the Financial Times or Wall Street Journal or the Globe and Mail, something like that. But but uh, this information is available. And depending upon where you are, there are different sources of how to get it. The example that, that comes to mind is Pfizer, uh, the American pharmaceutical company. They recently announced a layoff of 800 people, which is not small. But what's interesting is these weren't just a random selection of people and jobs. They announced a layoff of 800 of their pharmaceutical researchers. Wow. Really, up until recently, that was the untouchable area. I have some experience in in consulting to big pharma, and um, you didn't get rid of researchers because each researcher was as if it was he or she was a factory. Right. You didn't, you know, factories were, people were relatively cheap compared to building a factory. So they're not not a dime a dozen. (laughs) (laughs) Think about it. You know, probably when you hear a number like 800, you think, wow, that's a lot. But Go ahead and think some more. Get past your first, your old reaction to layoffs. We've got 800 pharma, big pharma research here. These are highly specialized folks, advanced degrees, very smart people. I wonder, frankly, if the research they do is at all like what researchers do at some firms I know. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. They do probably have a common set of skills, and I do know that most people way underestimate the ability of their skills to be applied in a different industry. But... Whether I normally have a use for those types of skills in that industry or not, there are suddenly a lot of skilled people in the market for a new job. Okay? If I had well-established previous relationships with even just some of them, and and I'm telling you right now, folks, I, I regret that I don't, I bet I could hire whomever I wanted or I could refer them to someone whom I know who could probably get to hire whomever she wanted, these people would be so grateful, they'd be very likely to refer their top-notch friends to me as well, making my further bench building and or hiring. I mean, maybe I don't hire them. Maybe they don't get hired anywhere else. Maybe they get hired somewhere else, but they're still potentially on my bench or part of my network because I reached out and tried to help them. They'll make all of that that much easier for me going forward. Okay, so let's say I know there are layoffs going on at, at Pfizer, and they're research folks, and I need research folks. I mean, I don't know anybody at Pfizer. How, how do I? Yeah. How do I find out where? I mean, yeah. Well, first of all, if you're wondering how how to contact them, it's it's almost weirdly easy. If you go to the Pfizer website, right on the front page, you can click on a link called R and D, and what do you know? On the next page, on the left side, you see R and D locations. <laughs> Okay. And it shows site in Groton, Connecticut, and Sandwich, England, La Jolla, California. I think there's one or two more. And and look, in two clicks, we can be saying, I wonder if our firm is near there. I wonder if we know anybody. 
And I bet you I could stand up in my middle of my cube in my big company and say, anybody know if we've got any operations or anybody know anybody in New London or Groton or, you know, Connecticut or Providence, Rhode Island, that area, or, or out in California, San Diego, Southern Los Angeles, Orange County, that area, or over in Sandwich, England. So it's only two clicks. You, you, you can't not do that. And at least get yourself further along to say, okay, how might I reach out to those folks? Well, there there are managers listening who absolutely say they can't do that because they don't have time. Oh, I mean, I mean really? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. And, and that's a sim- there's a simple answer there: delegate the responsibility of watching layoffs to one of your sharper directs. Yeah. What? Well, I mean, what an opportunity, right? I mean, here you have a chance to delegate this task to somebody. And this, this is a task around building relationships and reaching out and building a bench. This is, this is an opportunity to coach somebody about management, how to build a bench, how to reach out, how to create relationships, yep. how to build a network. I mean, what, what a, what a wonderful opportunity. Yeah, exactly. And now that we've become aware of layoffs, and the opportunities that exist there, we're attuned to them, we start seeing them, and maybe we have one of our directs doing it as well. Maybe there's somebody in a layoff that could catch our eye. And the question now is, okay, what what do we do now? And I bet the answer is, send the career crisis email. <laughs> How did I guess that? <laughs> yeah, rocket science. Well, we've already done a cast on it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's very simple. It's very straightforward. In fact, I've been meaning to share a story with somebody who who sent out uh, many, many career crisis emails and was stunned and disappointed by their response uh, that they got from reaching out to people. I think people really, really turn inward, and they're even unaware that people are trying to help them, quite frankly. Or I also think there's some cognitive dissonance for a lot of people that even though I'm in the wrong industry, you know, if I'm in the financial industry, in the United States, certainly, and many other major foreign capitals as well, and it's 2008 or 2009, and I'm thinking my job is okay, then I must be smoking crack because it's not. I mean, no job is immune. And the idea that somebody sends an email out and says, hey, listen, just want to let you know, I don't know if you've been affected, but thinking about you, I hope I can help, that kind of thing. And you don't even respond back. You're crazy not to take advantage of someone offering to help when potentially or actually your job is at risk. So yeah, you're right. A career crisis email. Uh, we won't rehash that whole show, but it's pretty simple. You send an email that says, I heard, you know, I heard things are difficult. I, I hope things are okay with you. Feel free to contact me. And here's, here's my contact information. And then we recommend you share an insight or a positive comment that might be helpful or uplifting for someone. You know, it doesn't have to be terribly flowery. It doesn't have to be poetry could be, hey, I'm praying for you, or I'm thinking about you, or don't not call because you're wondering what I'll think. Pick up the phone. Um, that's why I sent the mail, that kind of thing. What about in the situation where I've done what you you suggested in step one, which is become more aware of layoffs. Right. And I know there's, there's a layoff, um, Pfizer, for example, some of the researchers. I think I have a need, but I don't have a relationship with anybody over there. Do I just blindly send a career crisis email to some distribution list at Pfizer? <laughs> what do I do there? <laughs> if you don't know someone to send mail to, find someone at your firm who do does know someone, right? What you do is you send an email first to your group of friends and associates and ask if they know anybody affected or if they know anybody in that area. Suggest that they send the career crisis email 
And actually, just copy one of yours that you sent out before, write it for them, put it in the body of the mail and say, look, if you know anybody over in Groton, if you know anybody out in La Jolla that might be affected by this, or for that matter, you might know somebody who might be interested in hiring those people that are in those areas, here's an email that I would send. It it may be helpful for you. Now, look, 80% of the time, this is not going to matter. But when you start looking for layoff announcements, particularly in a downturn, because that's what we're talking about here, bench development in a downturn, you're going to see a lot more. And even if your odds are only 20%, they're going to be much higher than they are now because you're not seeing nearly as many layoff announcements as are actually occurring. Right. And just think about the impact of one great hire. Yeah. One great hire during a downturn when nobody thinks anybody can get hired until you realize, oh my gosh, this position we've had for two years that we never dreamed anybody would be right for, if we look at it a little bit differently, wow, this pharmaceutical researcher would be great for it. They have all the skills. They've just been applying them in the wrong industry. Even if you don't think you can hire somebody in a downturn, let's say your company, you can't, the person is still on your bench two years from now. You reached out, you developed a relationship, and... I tell you what, if somebody does that for me when I'm when I'm in a pinch, yeah. well, I, I'm not I'm not forgetting about you. I'm not. Yeah, just when someone writes back from, let's say it's Pfizer, they write back and say, well, gee, you're in finance. How, how could you possibly help me? Well, actually, I'm not really sure, but I do know a lot of people, and we do have pharmaceutical clients. I don't know that they you know that they could be hiring right now, but look, if I were you, I thought it'd be nice to hear from somebody saying you don't you don't know me, but but if I can help, I'll be happy to try. And after the person gets over their stunned disbelief, maybe some of them will say, huh, I'm not going to talk to that person. And Well, okay. Is there any harm in reaching out and being kind and being professional and being gracious? No, there's no harm in that. And, and there's, there's even less harm in it than no harm if someone responds with less than graciousness back. We're not responsible for their behavior. So they're not smart and they're not gracious about it. Well, we still did a good thing and we can put our head on our pillow at night feeling good. If your friends don't want to send out the career crisis email, but they do know somebody, ask them, hey, look, if you don't want to send it, that's okay. Do you mind if if I send it to your friend or your associate? I've done that before as well. Hey, look, they don't know me, but they know you. And I'll say, hey, I know Robert. Robert's a good friend of yours. And he gave me your email. He said, you got, you may be affected by this layoff. I don't know, but I just want to let you know. I'll be happy to help if I can. I don't know what I can do, but there's nothing wrong with me offering, I'm sure. And then there is one more thing we suggest you do. We recommend that you add an extra point to your email, which says, if there are some friends or associates of yours that are affected and you think I might be able to help, please pass along my email address to them. You never know what might come of it. I'll try to help. Right. Well, I, I think you just probably pushed some people over the edge here because, folks, I know what you're thinking. I know it. I can hear it loud and clear <laughs> because people have told me this all the time. Guys, you are nuts. I'm going to be overwhelmed with people calling and wanting help. I can't possibly, I don't pos- I don't have the time to answer all those emails. Yeah. What do you think? Is that, that, is that your experience as well? Yeah, absolutely. That's what we thought. <laughs> I, I, you know, gosh. And what we found out was we were wrong. <laughs> Very and wrong. If you're thinking that now you're wrong, you will be stunned by how few people, despite the fact that they're desperate for opportunities, will ignore offers of help and turn down legitimate interest in their situation. You will not be overrun. You'll be stunned by the silence, unfortunately. But even further, remember, you're in charge of this relationship. 
it's completely reasonable for you to ask a copy for a copy of everybody's resume first before you start talking to them. It's okay to keep it to just email initially. If someone pings you every two hours, that's their issue, not yours, if they're that desperate. It's okay to evaluate the resume you're looking at and quickly discover that you don't have any of those types of needs. Your firm probably doesn't either, and you can't think of any friends who have those kinds of needs either. And so you simply say, look, I'm, I'm not seeing any fit. I don't, I don't think I know anybody in your industry, but, but um, it may be that I can help with interview, you know, make some recommendations regarding interviews or those kinds of things. It happens to us. All the time, right? I and mean, we, we get listeners and friends who, who are in a pinch. They call us and they want help. And we spend time on the phone and we talk and we help. And, you know, and sometimes, most of the times, we don't find them a job. Right. We don't. But it's still useful and people still appreciate it. Yeah, I think, I think the key point is people believe that the measure ought to be, can I hire this person? That's not the measure. The next thing is, can I get them a job? Again, that's not the measure. Okay. The first thing they need is somebody to reach out for them. And, and in fact, you're meeting that by the very first email. But I would argue that the measure is, is this somebody who potentially could become part of my network and somebody who could build my bench sometime in the future? And the answer to that is almost always yes, because of course we recommend building your network somewhat indiscriminately rather than targeting only 10 people that you want to get to know. You should be reaching out. We recommend you reach out to as many people as you possibly can and let time and distance gradually winnow out, you know, get rid of some of the folks that you're not connected to or you don't feel a strong connection to in some way. Exactly. And then our our last step is once they contact you, simply offer to help and continue to follow up with them. Yeah. Actually, I don't think it's our last step. I think it's step three, right? Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah. That's okay. Um, it, look, now somebody's contacted you, they've returned your email, or they've emailed you because of a referral from a friend of a friend or something like that. Great. Your career crisis email said you'd see what you could do. And we already alluded to this, but there are, there are two things that we recommend you do that will be helpful. One is, of course, we already mentioned this, ask for their resume first. You'll be surprised, folks. This eliminates a lot of people. Not the good ones, usually which is actually a nice thing. There is nothing wrong with not doing a thing beyond well-wishing for someone who doesn't have or won't send a resume. It's a requirement in a job search. And if they don't want to send it to you, that's fine. Or if they don't have one, that's fine. But then you don't have to do anything more than say, well, you know, if you want to send me your resume, great. If not, I totally understand. Terribly sorry for the difficulties you're facing. I'll be praying for you. I'll be thinking about you. Best wishes. Let me know if I can help at some point in the future. And maybe they don't contact you or not, what's the harm in a short email that you already have written in sending it and then discovering that somebody doesn't want to send you the resume? Okay, their loss. Yeah. Second thing is make a decision quickly. And the decision we recommend that you think about is this. Am I interested in this person? Do I want to refer them? In other words, am I interested in hiring them? Do I want to refer them to somebody who might hire them? And or might they be somebody for my bench? Maybe you think they're great for you. Good. That's good, right? Start recruiting them. Maybe they're right for somebody else. Okay, great. Refer them. And if it's neither one of those things, stay in touch and over time, see whether or not there's someone that might become part of your bench. And keep in mind that you can refer someone who ends up staying as part of your bench. If I refer Joe to my friend Terry and Terry hires Joe, Joe feels very indebted to me 
And it's very likely, provided I find Joe to be a, a value and a, a person that I want to continue communicating with, he could be a part of my bench for the future. If he's not part of my bench, he's part of my network. Yeah. Well, a key point here, I mean, folks, like you don't have to interview everybody you send an email Yes, to, oh gosh, right? yeah. I mean, it, get that out of your head. If you don't see a fit, there's probably not one there. So don't waste your time and, and certainly don't waste their time. Yeah. Yeah. And then to your point, to your point, the final step is simple. And uh, it goes back to our cast about building your network, where you simply stay in touch with people. And staying in touch with people is so powerful because no one else is doing it. You don't have to be a genius at, at relationships or communication or cleverness or always giving, 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 giving to the nth degree. Sometimes literally just staying in touch is enough. Yeah. Well, you, you don't need to be a genius, but people are going to think you're a genius. Yeah, you're exactly. Just, right? yeah. How is it you know so many people? Well, you know, you're I just send emails. <laughs> You've reached out. You've made some judgments. Some people have not followed through with you. Okay. But for a few of them whom you're impressed with, you stay in touch. You know, during and after their job search, you you email them once a month. Or during the job search, you email them for once a month for maybe three to six months. And then perhaps less often after that. And as we recommended, you follow our guidance in the Building Your Network podcast. And now, maybe it's just one person. Maybe it's... One or two people a year this way, but you have made lemonade from lemons and you've started a relationship, perhaps the most powerful way you possibly can, which is you reached out to people when they most wanted and needed help. And what's more importantly, when they began to feel that other people were probably avoiding them anyway, you're not only doing good, you're doing well. And frankly, we think that's the manager tools way anyway. I agree. So easy. Yeah, just start paying attention to layoff and plant closing announcements. Yeah, hey, woohoo. <laughs> Send that career crisis email, offer to help and uh, and follow up about how they're doing and then simply stay in touch and that stay in touch is where your bench will come from. Your network and your bench. Awesome. Thanks, my friend. Thanks, partner. Enjoyed it. We'll see you. Well, that's it, everyone. Hey, before we go, if you haven't checked out Career Tools, our new weekly podcast that's focused completely on helping you with your career, whether you're a manager or an individual contributor, uh, please do so. You'll find it in iTunes in the business podcast section under careers, or you can go to the website, www.managertools.com and find it there. We hope you'll join us. All right, folks, we'll see you all again next week. Have a great one. So long.